0: Millions of Americans experience thinning hair. It's more than common. It's normal. But it's not openly talked about, so going through it can feel lonely and frustrating. It's time to change the conversation and join the thousands of people standing up their strands with Nutrafol. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist-recommended hair growth supplement clinically shown to improve your hair growth, thickness, and visible scalp coverage for men and women. Did you know that there are multiple causes of thinning hair? Nutrafol is the hair growth supplement that goes beyond genetics to target stress, hormones, nutrition, metabolism, aging, and lifestyle factors that may be impacting your hair. Thinning is different for men and women. Nutrafol has multiple unique formulas for men and women to provide exactly what they need based on their biology and age. In clinical studies, 72% of men saw more scalp coverage and 86% of women saw improved hair growth after six months. Nutrafol is also trusted and recommended by more than 3,000 top doctors. You can grow thicker, healthier hair and support our show by going to nutrifol.com and entering the promo code 1 to save $15 off your first month's subscription. This is their best offer anywhere, and it's only available to U.S. customers for a limited time. Plus, free shipping on every order. Get $15 off at nutrifol.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code 1. Hey everybody, and welcome back to the One Thing Podcast. I'm Chris Dixon, and today I had Beth Hundler-Grunt on the podcast, and Beth is on a big mission. She's working in the college to career space and innovating ways to help parents and students make that big leap into the job market and land the job of their dreams. No matter where you are in your journey, there's a lot you can take away from this conversation. We all need to have clarity on what success looks like for us in the future and being able to use that clarity on where we wanna go to identify the things we need to focus on in the short term to achieve our goals. Beth challenges us to think big and think big about what's possible for ourselves and then break those goals down. And how important it is to know your core skills. What are you best at? What really stands out? And really be able to tell your story. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with Beth Hundler-Grunt. Hey, everybody. So we have Beth Hendler-Grunt on the podcast today, and Beth is the founder and president of Next Great Step. And the firm's sole focus is to guide college students and recent grads to help them to land the job that they deserve. And Beth is a recognized thought leader in the college-to-career space. She has extensive experience consulting with startups all the way up to Fortune 500 firms, and she leverages her expertise to help college students who certainly need it succeed when they graduate. And I should note that uh, Beth's book, The Next Great Step, The Parent's Guide to Launching Your New Grad into a Career, is an Amazon number one bestseller. Congratulations, Beth. And thanks again for being here.
1: Thanks. No, pleasure to be here. It's
0: great. Well, hey, Beth, before we jump into what you're up to these days, do you want to share some background and what brought you here today?
1: Sure. So... I uh, just let me start off. I'm also a parent of a college student and a recent grad, so I'm I very much am a part of uh, the struggle that lots of parents go through. But so I pretty much had actually a corporate career. Um, I'm not a career coach by trade, but I was in the high tech sector. I was in sales, sales leadership. I was in consulting. Worked with CEOs of Fortune 500 companies. And interesting thing that started happening is that when I talked to so many. Hiring manager, they say, Oh, I'd love to hire a recent grad, but I'm not going to. I'm going to pass them over because I don't have the time to babysit them and I don't have the time to explain to them all of our issues. And we have too many things. I need to move quickly. And that's not the right fit. And I became of the age where I had lots of friends saying, I don't understand what's happening. My kids went to a great school. They even had an internship. They cannot get a job. And there's this disconnect between. What we thought of what we needed to do to help educate our young adults, and then what employers were looking for, and started thinking, like, wow, what if I, the same techniques that I taught CEOs at the time when I was consulting about how do you have a strategy? How do you differentiate yourself? How do you add your value? What if I simplified that for our young adult community and taught them how to do that? In essence, helping them to clarify their career path and figure out how to be the one to get hired and it just i started in my basement literally in my basement of my house and i had my friends kids come over and we would just like i would just test it out and they were like wow we're not getting this at school or i've never heard these ideas or we're not getting it in this way and that's how next grade step got started
0: oh how cool i mean there's no doubt there's a need there and you can see the gap it exists and 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 what a cool space to be working in it seems like you've got a uh, pretty pretty big opportunity in a niche in a in a market where there's not much that I'm hearing about uh people supporting specifically in this way
1: yeah no I I don't have a lot of competition, which I guess you know who knows things will evolve I think what you see is you know people who are traditionally career coaches they kind of add this on or I'll help you too and I think what we've brought to the table is a, a way to help young adults understand in a really simple, structured, step-by-step approach that teaches them how do you get clarity on what you want to do with the rest of your life? And then once you figure that out, how do you go about it where you're the one being chosen for that opportunity? And um, and I think that's why it's resonating with so many of our young adults and their families and their parents who also want them off the payroll. Um, so, um, <laughs> so yeah, I feel very fortunate and honored to, you know, to work with so many families and, and helping their young adults.
0: I think you spoke to the the primary pain there and getting them off the payroll. <laughs> so many yeah. people can relate to to that, and even my own uh, personal experience—not as a, a parent, but as a, a sibling. My my youngest uh, sibling has was riding the payroll for a long time, and and I I, I sat kind of helpless to to support that. Uh, at, I was I was too young or maybe didn't have the the foresight at the time, but it was, it was hard to watch my parents kind of battle through that. So I think a lot of people can relate to that, both from the, you know, the, the desire to set them up for success, but also like, man, from a resource standpoint, that can be draining.
1: Yeah. And it can be a little embarrassing. You know, it's, it's one thing everyone talks about, like getting into college and where's your kid going to go. And then there's this whole uh, space where it kind of drops off of like, well, well, what are they doing now? Or are they still living with, you know, of course it's become, I'll say it's become normalized, for so many young adults to live at home between the pandemic, the cost of living, the economy, cost of real estate. But um, it's definitely not the same. I talk about when you know when my kids were young, you'd go to the playground and you'd talk to other parents and that was like your group, but you don't have that same playground when they're older. And obviously they're older. So you know there's that fine line of how much do you intervene versus letting them manage it on their own. So it's tough. It's tough to how to navigate that as, as a family.
0: Um. I, yeah, I can only imagine. So when you when you're, I guess initiating or trying to to generate interest, is your like, initial target audience? Is it the parent, and you're trying to say, "Hey, I've got to solve that we can," or are you going to the to the student?
1: So as a business owner, this took me a little while to figure out, but I am going directly to the parent because, right. candidly, young adults don't really have the money um, to invest in this kind of support. And the same way it's like, you know, a college class. Well, who's going to pay for that? Either you're going to take out a loan or you're going to ask, you know, mom or dad to help you with that. Um, and I, I think because parents actually are quite smart and quite knowing of what the issue is, but you're just, you're, you're the mom or dad. And I know firsthand, like some your kids just don't want to hear from you, whether how smart you are, or you know, it'll even my own kids as a matter that. I'm the expert in this space. They don't always want to talk to me about it. Um, and that's just something. Sometimes you just need a third party. So yeah, I do focus on the parents, but clearly we're delivering our services to uh, to their kids.
0: Of course, of course. Well, I mean, even even not only from a resource perspective, even just the mentality to seek support at that at that age at that stage of life. I mean, there's always exceptions, and perhaps things are trending in a better direction, but. I I can relate or try to remember where I was at, <laughs> at that stage, but I don't think I would have, I would have raised my hand and looked for someone to coach me at that point. I wasn't, I wasn't open to that kind of thought process.
1: Yeah. Sometimes it's hard to see it. Sometimes you want to try to find that job by yourself. You want to feel like, I mean, I'm an adult. I know how to navigate this and I want to do it. And sometimes our kids need to go through that process or they need to go through the motions of putting in the effort. But when you've seen them struggle or you've seen them really have difficulty and the time starts going by, it's two months, three months, six months, a year, it might be time to step in.
0: Definitely. You said something before that I thought was was powerful around clarity and just having the clarity of where you want to go or what, what success even looks like for you uh, when you're leaving college. And I'd love to talk to you about how you Process that, or what that means in in your system when you talk about getting someone giving someone at this stage of their life clarity to that would enable them to be able to to prioritize what jobs they want and then go get it.
1: Yeah, it's hard. You know, we have such expectations of our kids, and especially even at seventeen, that we say, "Okay, you're going to pick a college, and you're going to pick a major, and this is what you're going to do." And I don't know if anybody has real exact clarity at that stage in life, and then of course. The process of do I even like this? Do I want to change majors? And I think that's natural, where our kids should have the opportunity to explore. That's the whole purpose uh, of college. And then there's also those pressures. You know, sometimes our kids are pursuing a certain direction because we as parents have said, "Oh, you should go do this," or "I was a lawyer, so you should be a lawyer," or whatever. The, the you know, or they just even if it's not spoken, sometimes they still have that that or they desire to make someone else happy, or even as parents, sometimes we impart our own unfulfilled dreams onto our kids, and we need to think think through that. But what we do is we help uh, really unhook our clients from that initial um, feeling of, uh, I have to go do something. You know, we really want them to think big. And the opportunity saying, forget even what your major was, forget even if you had your choice, you know, what are the types of things that you'd want to be doing? What does it feel like when you go to work every day? What are the kinds of experiences you'd like? And we really try to expose them to a lot of things, but also let them really follow the things that that call to them. Because in the the end, most people have a sense for what they actually really want. They're just sometimes afraid to verbalize it or they don't know how to navigate that. So we give them the tools. And the structure and resources, and also teach them how to do some research to learn how to how to make that happen.
0: Something we believe in is is I like to call it zooming out. But if you're if you're really narrow, if you have narrow vision, and you're thinking about like today and the resources of today and the things that you see in front of you, you're you're very limited in your ability to break free of those those limiting beliefs or those those perceptions and imagine something bigger and think bigger, like you said, and. The, the question we like to ask is, you know, just give yourself permission. What would extraordinary look like? You know, something mm-hmm. something like that. And I'm curious, is that, is that is that how you approach it and try to get them in a safe place to think about what extraordinary would be and then kind of walk their way back into what kind of job would get them there?
1: Yeah, I love that, that you say, what would extraordinary look like? We ask similar questions of like, think big, you know, if you had your ideal situation or the ideal type of job or experience, or is it in a group and a, individual as a, as a leader in a certain industry and I think that's how we kind of get to it so like let's think really big let's kind of come out of that focus for a moment and think you know big and, and what's possible and then we start to narrow down and say okay well if those are the kinds of things that you want to go after well what are the steps that you can take what are some short-term goals that you can do right now to help you get there whether it's I need to read certain trade journals, I need to talk to certain people, I need to just understand, you know, who the main uh, competitors are in this industry, things such as that, and we teach them how to navigate that process. And the more that they do that, I mean, the real the real trick to narrowing it down is to talk to people who are doing the job that you want. A lot of times, people think it's just, oh, well, I'll just search online or I'll go on Google, but ultimately, you have to have a conversation with someone who's doing what you want. Because that will actually give you the most clarity about direction and about how to how to get there as well,
0: yeah, that's, that's such a great point. i i I would imagine you do. Uh, but do you run into a inflection point or kind of a fork in the road sometimes when you're having discussions with them and balancing kind of like passion versus like function career, like you know, this and trying to balance out like what's going to give them the stability they're looking for? You know that kind of typical, um, fork, as as I said, in the road that, that you get with someone at that point in their life?
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, that happens even in the news recently. Think about all the STEM majors who thought they were going to go work for Amazon and Meta, and now they're laying people off. So, you know, what I tell people is, yes, there's, of course, you want a practicality, right? What are you saying to the person who wants to study anthropology or history or um, things that you're not as clear as like, you know, accounting, Right. But I'm of the mindset of you got to give your kids a chance to explore that, to understand that. And just because you're a history major doesn't necessarily, you'll be a history teacher. You could be in finance or in sales, or it it could lead you in a lot of different directions. What I see is that when you're pushed to study something and it's really not of interest to you, or let's just say I'm really not a numbers person, or I don't enjoy it, I don't have the skill set, it's not exciting to me, you end up having situations where you're changing your job anyway, right? If we push everyone to go a certain place, of course, you want this practicality. What I say is explore what speaks to you. I'll, I'll speak from my own example. My husband and I are both, went to business school, undergrad. I have my MBA, I have the marketing major. And my son came to me and he said, I really want to be a psychology major. And I said, okay. I said, what do you hope to do with that? He's like, I don't know. I said, do you want to be a psychologist? I don't know. I don't know. I just like <laughs> how the, the mind thinks. And it had a t- it took me a little bit to kind of sit back and be like, okay, if this is something that you want, that's fine. But you have to really explore it and understand it and talk to people. And and it, for him, it worked out. He's in grad school now. And this was something that continues to be a passion, but he also did he had internships. He looked at a lot of different facets of psychology of how that could work out. So I think all of this on the table, you just have to, you can't just do it like in a bubble of like, this is just my major and I'm only going to do this. You got to talk to people who are, who've studied that and understand the angles and different areas they went into.
0: Yeah. Great point. What When do you ideally intersect with, with someone Uh, to begin the coaching process and and set them up for success? Like, is it kind of junior year, senior year? Like, where's the ideal point or intersection to get them ready and and start this?
1: Yeah, so most commonly it's junior year uh, because everyone's thinking about, not everyone, people are starting to think about that internship. I I wish more would think about it, but um, typically junior, we have sophomores too. I think it's really when you're at a point, I mean, there's certain, depending on the industry, in finance and consulting a lot of companies want to talk to sophomores because they're already like recruiting almost 2 years ahead for their junior year of uh, cohort and then potential offers after graduation but i'd say in general really anywhere from junior year and uh senior year when you graduate i even you know up to 5 to 7 years out we still have to talk to to clients <laughs> but i think um when you start to get a handle on this is the direction that I really like. I feel like I have skills that match up to it. And I really like to get employment um, in an internship or first job, you know, in that area. That's, that's usually the time that they engaged.
0: That's, that makes sense, but better late than never, right? No matter what. So it's it's not as, as I
1: say, even I say it in my book, I said, it's never too late. So even if you're thinking, Oh my gosh, I, my kid didn't do this. They didn't get an internship. It was during COVID. They just delivered pizza and there's value, by the way, in everything. Scooping ice cream, delivering pizza, all of that. There's a lot of skills, customer service, you know, optimization, problem solving. But uh, really, it doesn't matter. It's when they're ready, right? It's not when we're ready as parents. Is when are they ready to actually do something on it and it's never too late. There's always the opportunity to engage and change, switch gears and any any of the above.
0: You no, know, it's, it's funny you you're saying like customer service jobs and the benefit I, w- I was having a, a funny conversation the other day and we were saying similar to how i believe it's the um like Israeli military or the Israel uh-huh. Israel has the required like 2 year yes. service we yes. were, we were joking saying everybody should work 2 years in customer service before they can begin mm-hmm. their career just so you can cut your teeth and and some of totally the skills agree. that that provides
1: Totally agree a humbling experience to t- to deal with challenges and people and learn how to talk and learn how to ask questions and learn how to not say anything and just listen and take it in. Oh, I think that would be very valuable.
0: Yeah. Connect to the backbone of our service industry and and not feel like you're disconnected from that at the very least. That's great. Okay. So when somebody is in this stage of life, I would imagine mentality has a big, is a big factor, plays a big role in how they can move forward and just being in the right mindset. Can we talk a little bit about how mentality sets somebody up for success?
1: Yeah, mindset's a big, big part of it. So I get calls from parents all the time saying, I really want this help for my child. I really think they need it. And my very first question is, do they know you're calling? And are they open to coaching? (laughs) Because if they, uh, you know, if a young adult does not think they need help or does not want the help or <laughs> just it's not the right time yeah. and sometimes what i say is they need to suffer a little bit they've had they need to go through the process where it's been really difficult or you've been rejected from 50 jobs or you apply or you email and nobody responds so clearly something's not working right in how they're going about it but they need to come to the table and say i need help and i don't know what to do anymore and that is when is the right time to engage with someone like us cuz then we can we can help them
0: yeah so you're you've got a there's a balance between i think like system and then coaching for you guys so you've you've got the system and the framework that you use and then there's some probably core coaching uh skills and process that you apply and um we we do a lot of coaching as well but not with young as much um with young adults at this age typically a little later and i would imagine there's some unique challenges that come with that
1: Yes. I, but I think, uh, you know, look, I've done been doing this now for almost eight years. So I feel like, you know, we've learned, as even as an entrepreneur and a business owner, I mean, I've learned some hard lessons too about what works and what doesn't. But I think, yeah, I think w- what we're trying to give them is taking a process that's completely unstructured and has no rules and putting some framework around it. The same way a syllabus is when they go to class, right? They come out of school, they've gone to school for 16 years and they're being told what to do every day, how to do it. And then they get, they're told, go find a job, but I'm sorry, there's no, there's no guidebook for that. So we're trying to become that guidebook that enables them to understand it and doing it in such a way that it's in bite-sized pieces. I'm not going to give you the whole thing at once. I want you to do one thing at a time because the process can be overwhelming And can be um, hard and emotionally uh, very, you know, degrading sometimes when you don't hear back or you think it's, you know, it gets to be a major head game. So, uh, yeah, we really try to make it like simple, structured, and also building on where they can have success. So one success, one little one leads to a bigger one because there's also this whole piece of confidence. And if you don't have the confidence to go talk to someone or send a note or it's it's going to be really difficult.
0: If you own a small to medium-sized business that kept employees on the payroll through COVID, you may have a big cash refund waiting for you. The employee retention credit is a tax credit of up to $26,000 per employee and now more businesses than ever qualify. The experts at refundspro.com specialize in cutting through the red tape of qualifying for this government program. Most of their refunds are over $100,000. Even a business that has received PVP funds may be eligible. And there are absolutely no fees unless you received a refund, so there's no reason not to apply. If your business experienced shutdowns, limited capacity, supply chain challenges, or reduced revenue due to COVID, you likely qualify. RefundsPro.com has already helped hundreds of businesses. So don't lose out on the refund you're owed by missing the deadline. Get started today with a free five minute questionnaire at refundspro.com. That's refunds with an S, pro.com. Yeah, I I know you said you've got some experience in sales and, and worked in that world. And I think there's an interesting comparison there. When you cut your teeth in the sales world, depending on how you do it, you get told no a lot, but that's a skill that you need to build over time to be able to. Accept that as an opportunity and just keep moving and not be discouraged by it. And I would imagine you, you, there's a similar need to develop that kind of that tougher skin and the, and see that as an opportunity for someone who's just getting into the interviewing process and, and yeah. not getting yeses all the time.
1: Yeah. No, we tell them that you are, in essence, you're you are the product and you're selling yourself. And that is actually a lot of my, um, some of my previous sales techniques techniques are what I utilize in the program Mm. about how you actually convince the other person to take an action and do something on your behalf that they had no intention of doing before you met with them. So Mm -hmm. we are teaching them how to convince other people to take a chance on them. They are the product, they are the solution. And, uh, and it's, It's been successful so far.
0: I love it. And you're saying you have a a step-by-step process that you follow. And it sounds like that's a definitive component of that. Do you want to go through that process a a little bit and and as much as you think is appropriate and and talk about what you guys do?
1: Sure, sure. So I'll give you kind of the high-level overview. So we've broken down our program. We do um, like 90-day programs. But the first part of it is like an intensive six weeks. And it's really six steps six weeks that have a program for each week. And the first week is really more of like that self-assessment, a little bit more psychological of like, tell me what are those things that you are great at? And what do you think those things that are holding you back? We call those the force field. What are the forces that drive you forward and forces that hold you back, whether they're real or perceived and, you know, how, how does that impact you? And then also what's that vision that you see for yourself? What would be the ideal? And we break those down into goals. And that's really the first piece about really how you start to define success. The next piece we get into is, well, let's take a look at what are those skills that you have? What do you absolutely know how to do that you can bring to the market that you've proven out, whether it's in a class, a team, a volunteer, part-time job? And what is it? And then what's the story behind it that proves to someone who never met you that you have that skill? So if you say, I'm a great writer. Well, maybe you wrote for the school newspaper. Maybe you write a blog. So tell me about a story when you've done that. And we teach them how to explain it in that framework because that actually becomes the foundation for how you interview, how every person you talk to, every letter you write. So once they get down those three core skills, the three that you're the most competent at and you have your story, that's the foundation. And we move into then, you know, how do you do the tell me about yourself pitch? How do you then use that into how you target, you know, Types of companies, if you have this certain skill, what are the types of maybe opportunities you want to look at? Who are people who have that? So let's start writing down lists of people, companies that you want to focus. I'm big on using uh, teaching them how to really use LinkedIn, not just to have your profile, but in a way that you can strategically target people, show commonality, especially with fellow alumni like like you. I went to the same school. I had the same major. I'd really like to understand more about how you got into that role. You know, this mm. is how people get hired is through this, this networking. And then we get into the technique of uh this skill of how do you prepare for interaction, whether it's in person, whether it's an interview a networking meeting, and this this concept they call the three A's. This is the place where you are selling yourself with this structure of you want to convince them, you want to get them to take an action. And in order to do that, you have to convince them about an attitude they should have about you. And then you need answers to the questions about how to do it. And then ultimately prepare them for mock interviews. So we go through lots of sample interview questions and give them the answers of how you answer it. And, you know, by the way, writing down the answer to a question is very different from delivering it. And they realize that saying it is not the same as having it written down and having it memorized or thought through or your points. And, uh, and everything you need, your resume, your cover letter, you know, all the components. And we really make sure that they have every tool needed as well as the practice and the reinforcement to be successful in the process.
0: Eating healthy is an investment. It's an investment in yourself, but it also often requires an investment of your time. But good news is Factor has delicious ready to eat meals that are ever fresh and never frozen Wow, it's it's very comprehensive. Uh it's kind of yes. soup to nuts, as they say. And and yes. from the top to the bottom, it's great. And uh I love that. I mean it's 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 obviously it's targeted and there's there's nuance to making sure this applies for uh for students transitioning into their career, but man, couldn't everybody benefit from some of those skills, right? I get this a lot. I have
1: a lot of parents who say, well, what's up for me? And I'm like, well, I'm just trying to focus as I'm trying to be, you know, they're like taking notes as their
0: kids getting coached. Like
1: yeah,
0: (laughs) this is for (laughs) me too. Well, at the top of this, you talked about breaking down, like big vision, think big and break your goals down. And man, does that resonate with what we do? Uh, What we say is think big and go small. And that's a process we call goal setting to the now, which is imagine extraordinary, like we said, someday into yeah. the future, then start to break that, take a big, a big kind of nebulous idea that can sometimes just be naturally or inherently vague because it's someday it's out there. And as you you know get more uh, narrow to the present day, you get more specific and, and it gives a little bit more clarity, but say someday and then a five-year and then a three-year vision down to one year and then break that apart all the way down to weekly or even that small habits that I need to start forming daily. And kind of long story short there is, do you go into anything around habit formation with them and thinking about what are some habits they could do on a on a more uh, regular basis to set them up for success?
1: We do. We do. I, I think it's, yeah, it's getting in the habit of just because you left school doesn't mean you have to you stop reading and you stop informing yourself and stop educating yourself. But you're just you're the one in charge of your own education now. So we're big on you wanna be in a certain industry, you need to read the trade journals in the industry every week, like a couple of times a week. If you want to understand, you need to follow like these companies on LinkedIn and read it. It's funny, I just spoke with a client today. I said, you know, She's having some trouble getting the job. I said, well, who are you following on LinkedIn? He's like, oh, n- not anybody. I'm like, well, <laughs> we need to change that. Who are the people that are the thought leaders in this space that you want to hear what they're saying? Whether it's good or bad and different, you just have to really educate yourself. And the other thing is you have to continually reach out to people to network. And that's the hard part. The part is that motivation to reach out and put yourself out there and ask for a conversation because you know people sometimes they reply sometimes they don't doesn't always feel good when they don't or they ignore you I'm like what's the worst that can happen they they just ignore you you move on so we yeah. really try to instill on in them that perseverance and to keep keep at it
0: there you go well break your goals down identify and call out those like you said three most powerful skills build your story polish your story yep. uh leverage like social LinkedIn and and those networking um tools. Uh, and prep for interaction. I think you said the three A's: action, yeah. attitude, and answers. Yeah, and that's that's uh, that's the system. That's pretty cool. And like I said, sounds very comprehensive. Uh, and from from top to bottom, and uh, I think anybody could benefit from it. But certainly, somebody who's making this transition, those are skills you typically do not possess or are provided in traditional education.
1: Yeah. Which is a challenge too. You know, there's, I spoke with a lot of educators. There's a bigger issue as to why is this, you know, a lot of parents say, well, why is this not being taught at school? Or I went on the campus tour and they promised me when I took a tour of the school that they're going to help my kid get a job when they graduate or they have this incredible career services and I think there's still a long way to go. Some schools are doing a better job than others. I think it's a two-part problem and that sometimes our young adults have spent so much time and effort getting into college. They're just like, I'll deal with that later. I'll deal with getting a job later. Or mom and dad have a friend. Or I'll just, you know, they just, it's like so much. And I don't think every, you know, not all the schools provide the right resources or people that are current. Um, or the attention, you know, sometimes it's hard in a, let's say in a big public university to give the amount of attention some students might need based on the resources allocated. So yeah, it's a complicated issue in our higher ed system today, but I'm, you know, I'm glad I'm able to, you know, help fill a need.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's certainly a gap and uh, you're out in front of a a pretty big gap where there's, there's a need that the universities aren't providing. So good for you to be out in front of it. And it's like I said, it's needed. I'm I'm curious on the other side of this I and mean, when I say other side I mean we've got the student the applicant the person pursuing a position then you've got all these receptors out there in the marketplace but you mentioned this earlier there's this kind of skill gap slash like dilemma of I you know I don't I don't want to pay um you know 200k for somebody for this position but I want somebody with the experience cuz I don't want to take the time to invest in in developing them or dealing with the early mm-hmm. career kind of transition and uh, what what thoughts or maybe advice you have for someone out there on how they could maybe change their mindset when it comes to hiring and what things they could look for to pick out a candidate that kind of fits that need early yeah. in their career?
1: Yeah, no question. And I'm in that same position too. Like as a business owner, I'm hiring, and I I'm you know constantly balancing: do I bring in a recent grad or a college student versus someone who is more experienced? And I think one of the things that we can do, I'll speak as like an employer is do a better job with giving young adults experience in internships, even I'll call it like a micro internship. Micro internship is where you can give them a project for two weeks. And there's companies out there like Parker Dewey that will facilitate this process. So I think we as employers need to do a better job providing more opportunities for our kids to really understand what it's like to be in the real world work environment, because how else are they going to do it? Yeah, there's a handful of colleges who do co-ops, which is great, but a lot of schools don't, and they don't guarantee any kind of employment as part of the education process. They think their goal is to educate, which I, I understood, but I think more and more employers really want candidates who have had some practice in the real world, and the more that we as employers can give that some of that practice through internships, part-time jobs, letting them come in and shadow I think ultimately, by the way, this is a phenomenal feeding ground for us as an employer to see somebody in action. We can get to them early. We can train them the way we want to. Um, but there's some effort needed. But I think we need to do more to help educate our young adults and, and give them that opportunity because they really don't know. They really don't understand. And, and we want them to, because we want them to be good employees for us.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's an investment. And I mean, it's a if you've worked in corporate America, which I know you have, but for the listeners, yeah. you've heard that building your bench and, and those terms are, should be familiar, but maybe for, you know, younger entrepreneurs, it's building a bench is so important. It's, it's the, the the analogies like the sports, but it's like having a deep bench means that you've got succession planning in place. You've got, you know, future talent coming through and creating a, like a, a, I guess a farm from which you can grow future leaders and internships being a great place to do that because it's yeah. kind of a win-win college students can build skills and you can invest in them. And it's a little bit more, uh, resource. It's less resource constraining for you as the employer. And oftentimes, hopefully there's yes. some exchange happening there, but, uh, yeah. it, it's not, it's not as much and you can get to develop and see more of that, that person as a future opportunity.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, what advice do you have? Other advice do you have for parents? You know, if they're listening and it's like, okay, all right, I might be in this space, like where, where could they start in this, this process or begin the conversation?
1: Yeah. So, what I tell parents who know a young adult or have one in their life who see their kids struggling is just start having the conversation as opposed to saying, why don't you have a job yet? Or what are you doing? Just ask them to say, share with me what you're thinking about. Tell me what field is interesting to you. And does it even align to the major? It might not. It might be something different. And helping them to observe. Sometimes our our kids don't even realize. They'll say, well, I have nothing to offer. I didn't do anything. Or I only went to school. And a lot of times as parents, we can say, you know what? I noticed that you are a great leader. I saw how you performed in that club." or I noticed that you're a great writer. I've seen some of the content that you've written for you know, social media or whatever it might be. And I think the more we can just point out some of the skills that we see that they have, that they'll maybe start to see it as well, and maybe even help them with that story or the example behind the skill and encourage them to reach out. I know also parents are very willing often to make an introduction. I am all for introductions. However, Please make sure that your child is ready to have that conversation. I hear too many stories where parents say, yeah, I made an introduction, but it didn't go anywhere. Or I think they kind of blew it because they were too casual. They weren't prepared. So just don't do the first thing of run out and introduce them to your friends. Like, Make sure that they know how to introduce themselves in a way that's professional. They know what they're saying. They have good questions to ask. So just make sure that they're they're ready. And, and if they don't want to hear it from you, then a friend, a colleague, an outside party like us, but, but try to encourage them to get the practice of talking about themselves and talking to other people, because that's how people get hired. It's unfortunately not through text and Snapchat. I mean, I know that there's a lot of that today, but <laughs> it's still yeah. through a conversation. Yeah.
0: Who knows? Maybe the future will be a uh, text and Snapchat or, uh, or TikTok hiring, be. but we're not, we're not be. there for at least a few years.
1: We're not there yet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, you know what? What comes to mind for me is, as you were saying that, and, and I think it's true in all things, but definitely here is like be, maybe come from a place of curiosity first uh, and yeah. understand from your uh, potential new hire, uh, ch- uh, a child and student is is understanding like like where they're at and what's in their mind um, instead of like trying to project onto them what you think where they are where they should be. Just come from a place of curiosity and understanding first.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I think we need to do a little bit more listening. Look, I've learned the hard way too. I can't tell you, I'm, I'm not a perfect parent. I don't have, I mean, of course, if I said the wrong things to my kids and you know put my expectations on them, of course I have. We don't always know. Um, but I think what I've learned and learned doing this all these years is the more we can listen and ask questions and encourage them to be curious and they don't have to have the answers either. You know, you can have a great conversation with somebody by just asking a lot of questions and you didn't actually really even tell them that much, but you've learned a lot and you've you've been thoughtful in how you're, you know, asking things. And I think there's a lot to be said about that.
0: You, you know, uh, Scott Miller, he wrote a book uh, about mentorship or, or several of them actually. And he he interviewed uh, all these different people and, and mentors in his life. And he, he made a comment about when you're seeking a mentor, you, you really don't want someone who's done it. Right. You want someone who's, who's made the mistakes and, and has lessons they've learned from it. They can share from you. And so, when you're saying like, Hey, you're not perfect. I mean that if you, if you were, I don't know that you could offer the same insight. So I think being imperfect and that allows you to be a better coach mentor and, and provide insight.
1: Yeah, no, I try. Look, nobody's perfect. And I think that's the other thing too. I think so many of our kids, and I don't know if it's just the era of like social media and where everything looks perfect. I mean, there's just I, you know, I have to mention the whole point about mental health. I mean, our kids have so much anxiety, there's so much depression, and just so much like self-sabotage, where they believe they're not good enough, they're not smart enough. They absolutely are. They're smarter than I was at that age, for sure. It's just the comparison and the judgment of themselves is what sometimes holds them back. I mean, they have everything going for them. And when I tell you, when I have kids who come to me out of an Ivy League school, it doesn't even matter where, but like, you know, on paper, you look at some of these clients I have and I'm like, I don't understand. You know, you have, it looks like you got everything, but the lack of confidence or whatever mental health issues, you know, it's a real issue we have going on in, in this country, in our society, um, that we just need to give more support to our. To everyone in general, but especially
0: our young adults. Yeah. I mean, there's no doubt. I mean, we we do all kinds of consulting uh, from you know, small teams, large organizations. And oftentimes we're, we're talking about not only where the companies want to go, but the who will get them to that place. And then it ends up in a conversation about hiring. And then this mm-hmm. ultimately comes up what you're talking about, which is this recognition of a trend when it comes to mental health, especially from, you know, newer to the to the workforce uh, yeah. employees and seeing that show up and there's being this kind of uh, mentality disparity between two different generations and there's a disconnect and yeah and what what could we do uh i know this is a big question but like what are some at least systems outside of what you shared that would support you know at least merging that gap or helping earlier on
1: I think um, I'll speak as a parent and I'll just like speaking as a parent to other parents. I think we need to like open our eyes a little bit more. You know, I've had conversations. I'm not a therapist. I'm not certified. I'm like a business person. So let me just make all that disclaimer before I say something. But I've (laughs) spoken with parents and they'll say to me, oh, my kid's just lazy and they're not motivated. And I'm like, well, how long has this been going on? They're like about a year. I'm like a year. I'm like, I'm like, I think you need to seek some other support and a career coach, I don't think is your solution to the answer. You know, I think they come looking to the solution to to me or to my firm. And I become actually much more direct about saying, is there anything else going on? And do you think there needs to be an engagement with mental health support? Because if so, please go pursue it, get it taken, you know, worked on first. We're not going to be able to solve. I can't solve for someone who's afraid to pick up the phone. Or someone who's afraid to even write a letter or is just, I mean, I can't even tell you the people that tell me they're paralyzed over cover letters. I'm like, it's not that you know big of a deal, but if you're someone suffering from anxiety, um, it, it is a big deal. And I think the more we just need to really be eyes wide open to what's happening, that if they're like really, you know, laying in bed all day and they can't get up or they can't motivate or they can't do things, it might be more than just, I'm struggling to find a job.
0: Sure. Yeah. It's got to be a tricky balance to strike. And and I'm sure case by case scenario of knowing where that, that line is to say, okay, this, this is where I can pick up, but probably have to take it case by case. Yeah.
1: And I've made a lot of partnerships with a lot of psychologists who I refer to. I mean, and like, you know, it's just because, uh, it's just become a necessary thing.
0: Yeah. that, That, that makes sense. It's almost like you have to do, a. Get to the root cause and understand like where where someone's starting from to know whether or not you can you can pick up from that place.
1: Yeah, yeah, no question. We do a lot of um, my questioning is definitely more detailed now than it ever was.
0: I bet. Yeah, you you have to interview the person you're going to teach to interview to (laughs) to know if they're ready for the interviews. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, we talked. I've talked about this uh, a little bit before on the podcast, and uh, I I was fortunate and unfortunate in some ways to, to have played a lot of competitive sports growing up. And, and I feel like I got a lot of, of benefit from, from that when it comes to you know failure, failure, approaching things you know with a, a different mindset. And I wonder if there's <clears throat> something, something there, um, for parents and thinking about like creating competitive environments, whatever that means relative to, it doesn't have to be sports, but just a place where someone can build skills with, um, handling failure in a positive way and learning to process that such that when they get to this place in in life, they're ready to to go and and move forward and and understand that that's just a part of it.
1: Yeah, I actually think it's really important that our kids have had a chance to fail. It's, It's actually a really common thing that I have these potential clients who come to me and they say, I went to this great school, I've had straight A's. I've never, you know, I've made every team, I, whatever they aspire to, they got. And the job search is the very first time in their entire life that they've been rejected or ghosted or just not getting what they thought. And they're just, they don't know how to handle it. They don't, do not have any coping mechanism. And it just completely, uh, a, a child who also does not have clinical depression, but puts them into a depression based on the situation because they haven't had the chance to fail. So I think the more we can give our kids the chances to, you're not always going to win or get chosen or get the class or get the grade, and I think the ability to cope with that is is pretty important. Um, I've had you know clients who had misconduct, who were cheated, kicked out of school. I mean, all kinds. Of, these were top top kids, and I think I'm not saying that these were great situations, mm-hmm. but um, I think it actually gives you a real grounding about how you think and handle things and how, and how you really look at them. And I think the more, not that I want our kids to fail all the time, but they need to have, the, we we can't have them win all the time. You know, they have to, they have to struggle in order to learn how to overcome these challenges.
0: Yeah, it's so true. And it's, it's a pretty, it's a pretty broad, deep and uh, difficult scenario that uh, it's, I think it's starting to rear its head and and what you're seeing and it's yeah. i think a trend that that's it's been around for for a number of years now but I my mean, get the good news is on the other side of this is that at the very least with some good systems like yours and an approach with some structure and some forming good habits like you can truly turn these statistics on their head and start to make progress and you can really solve this and um you know barring some some deeper issues like you'd said that are also addressable um, you can you can turn this thing around and if if i remember um, You've got a pretty nice uh, headline statistic that something like 90% of the clients that you work with land their their jobs and only the jobs, like the job they were searching for.
1: Yeah. Now, I'm really proud of that. So we're just to clarify, we're not recruiters and I don't guarantee employment. And you know, 90% <laughs> of our clients are getting the job that they desire because we're teaching them what an executive is expecting of them and how to go about the process in a way that really puts them ahead of others because you know they're understanding it step by step and and they're coming across confident and they're presenting themselves in a way ultimately that solves a problem for that company, right? No one's going to hire if there's no problem. Everything's great. Nobody needs more resources. But something's wrong. Either something's growing or something someone didn't work out. There's something that needs to be solved, and that's why the company has a job ad. And you want to be the solution. And we we teach them how to do that. So yeah, we're really proud of that.
0: That's awesome. I I mean, I I understand you can't uh, you can't guarantee, but ninety percent's pretty strong, and I think something you should uh, should hang your hat on. That's awesome.
1: Thank you.
0: Yeah, you said something though that uh, there's a problem or a challenge or an opportunity inside of an organization they're trying to solve with a who, and that's why they're hiring. And I'm curious, like, how how much do you emphasize? the discovery of that challenge with the applicant or the, the the student that's trying to get a job, do you encourage them in the interview process to go there and like put the, the onus and the question on the employer to say, Hey, what is the challenge and help them like expose that?
1: Yeah. So I think that's one of the, that was one of those three A's that I talked about. Yes. I, I, I'm, I teach them how to be like the consultant. You know, I said, I know this seems really uncomfortable for you, but I want you to ask some questions to the employer that you can't find the answer to on Google, that only this person can answer for you in this conversation. And when they give you the answer, it's actually going to give you material that's going to help better position yourself. So questions such as, well, how do you define success? What would success look like for me in this role or for your organization? Tell me about, you know, what are your goals for this year? Or what didn't happen last year? You know, where did you miss? Um, Or what did the previous person do or not do that caused you to now have an opening in this role? And I think employers really appreciate good questions from candidates because that means they're thinking and they're putting themselves in their shoes and they've really thought about it. Um, So, yeah, I absolutely have them ask those good questions because that's what starts to differentiate candidates from, from others.
0: Oh, it's so it's so true. I mean, you said it like is a little bit of the consulting, a little bit of the sales, a little bit of the coaching, best practices yeah. that, when applied just right, uh, you can really turn a conversation the other direction. Uh, that makes it uh, put you in the driver's seat, and yeah. it's, it's impressive from the other side seeing it from someone at a, a younger stage in their career.
1: Yeah, ultimately, we're teaching them about how to have control. I know that the interview doesn't feel like a experience where you're in control, but we actually, the way we do it is like, you're actually going to control this more than you realize and get them and move them to a place where they're going to be doing something that you're going to ask them to do for you to push you further into the role.
0: Yeah, man, Dave. If I had that skill set when I was, uh, call it, you know, 21, 22 or whatever <laughs> that was, boy, it wasn't until like mid-30s that that started to make sense for me. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. As I said, it's never too late. It's not too late. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Exactly. Well, Beth, hey, you're you're on a cool mission and there's no doubt a gap and a need to solve for it. I mean, our traditional uh, institutions, they had a lot going on right now. And certainly one of those things is not setting our students up for success to to. And solve the need in the in the marketplace. So, thanks for being a part of that journey and and the work that you're doing.
1: Thank you so much. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, of course. Of course. Well, if someone's listening and they want to check you out and they want to come find uh, more about what you're doing or contact you about potential opportunities, where can they find you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Come to our website, which is nextgreatstep.com. We offer a complimentary consultation to a parent or student or the family. Just click the button that says let's talk. And if you're a parent or you know someone who you want to learn more about our process, about how parents can help launch their uh, grad successfully, you can check out our book on Amazon, The Next Great Step, The Parent's Guide to Launching Your New Grad into a Career.
0: Awesome. Well, I think you're going to get some traction. I hope you do. And I'd like to ask you though, before we wrap up here, if you could have our listeners take away just one thing from the podcast today, what would it be?
1: The one thing is our our kids, our grads and young adults, and we all, we need to know what our core skills are. What are your three core skills? If someone asks you right now, what are your three core skills? You should know what they are because that is what is going to launch you into whatever your next career path is. And that will set you apart from others.
0: Great advice, Beth. Thank you so much for being a part of the podcast with us today and appreciate your time.
1: Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to The One Thing Podcast. If you're a bold risk taker who wants to dream big and achieve a higher level of success in your life or business, visit theonething.com. There, you'll find information on -on one-on-one coaching, our exclusive community membership program, and customized workshops that will help you get your team or organization aligned and rowing in the same direction. That's T-H-E, the number one, dot com to start living the life you've always dreamed of today. Be sure to follow the show to stay up to date on weekly episodes, guest interviews, and more. Plus, we would love to hear from you. Send us a voice note by going to speakpipe.com/slash the one thing or email us at podcast at the one thing.com. We'll see you next week.